Well, good morning, ladies, gentlemen, anything in between, anything at all, dogs, cats, whatever. Uh, you are joining us for the Calling from the Wilderness, uh, the special fall edition. And by special, I mean the summer is over. We're getting back into fall. You should be coming up more regularly, but life does happen. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we thank you all for joining us on this journey. Hi, Nana. Um, she watches us every time. Tim, I'm going to, you may not have an answer for this, mm, but please. recently I was thinking if I could be any type of superhero, like what would my abilities be? Mm. And I think my ability would be, have you ever had a joke that is really good and you say it? And you laugh, but no one around is to hear it. So it kind of falls on deaf. Like you try to explain it later, but it's one of those you had to be there to understand the joke. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you just think you're so funny. Or people around you do not have a great sense of humor and don't like yeah. the dad jokes and stuff or the puns. Yeah. And you, you just wish someone was there. My yeah. special ability would be I would miraculously show up or some kind of version of myself and laugh at your joke if it's that good <laughs> i would show up and i would laugh so you would feel good yeah, yeah. about the comment you made yeah, i think that's like... what the world needs right now yeah yeah, um, yeah. see obviously you're, you're you, much you know like saving the world if i could you know produce water and dry ground or i can topple governments or whatever um obviously i'd do that but on a low lower tier Superhero. Second tier. Second tier. Second tier. Second tier. Uh, yeah. yeah, like the the B side. Yeah. <laughs> of um superheroes. I think I would mm. like to show up and laugh at jokes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So if like your 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 gift had to be, you know, something that that is is as you say, kind of less expected, perhaps yeah. a little bit more bizarre. What would it be? Yeah. Yeah, but I think okay. I think you're right. I think that I think there, there's a real gift to, you know, we we all know that, you know, if you if you've been bullied or found in an awkward situation in school, all you needed was one person to stand with you, for that mm -hmm. to change from a you know a situation that you regret for the rest of your life to, you have just turned the tides, to become the next cool guy of of the school, right? Like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could be, like you could I, be that hero. You could be that hero. Yeah, like I was, I read on Twitter or Reddit or something like that. There, one guy was at work, and they introduced a new guy whose name was Wayne Bruce, uh, not Bruce Wayne, but Wayne Bruce. And he's like, "Ah, oh, my arch nemesis, Mad Bat." <laughs> and he's like, "No one laughed. I am unappreciated." No. In in this place and <laughs> i would just like my superpowers to be like all of a sudden i show up and he says that and i laugh yeah. hysterically and then he yeah, feels yeah. good about himself amazing or amazing. or other ones like you just you got a funny joke and it has to be good like like i'm not showing up for cheesy yeah. stupid jokes like they have to be good but yeah some kind of manifestation or version of myself or something would show up and and encourage you <laughs> Yeah. It sounds like, you know, it could be one of the pieces of Doctor Strange, you know, multiverse of madness or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I went to go see it. It's like a horror film. 
My mm. sister went with me and she did not enjoy it. She left. She doesn't oh. do well with those. She, she left. left. Like, yeah, like three quarters. Well, when he turns into like the zombie and he's a zombie. That was fantastic. And he's like a bunch of dead and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like this is, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, she doesn't do well with scary stuff like that. So, and I tried to warn her before she went. I was like, yeah. don't, you don't want to go to this. It's going to be scary. It's like a horror film. It's not mm. like a regular Marvel one. But I think she just wanted to spend time with me. And I was a jerk enough to be like, well, if you want it, you're coming to this. And <laughs> instead of doing something maybe she wanted to do, I went and did this. And Yeah. Well, that, that you know what? That'll teach her to have not laughed at your jokes all those years. You know? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, exactly. The, Although she was pretty good at laughing at my jokes. Which, <laughs> which by the way, she's having a, a boy. And so... So definitely an uncle. Yeah, I'm definitely an uncle. And um, I think she's trying to figure out boy names. Mm. She's picking some weird ones she's looking at, like Amish, Jebediah, and like weird <laughs> ones like that. And I'm just like, don't, don't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to call him Jed or Jeb or whatever. Yeah. Don't, don't do anything. <laughs> just, just yeah. a normal, just a normal name. Yeah. Normal. Yeah. You know, Derek Jr. works too, right? Like, yeah, there you go. Not Derek Jr. because then it's like my child. <laughs> that's that's gets awkward, and we're not from Mississippi or anything. But this is a side note. First, two things. First, yeah, if it feels a girl is going to try to convince her to name it uh, JL from the Bible, the lady that yeah. drove the pen, the tent peg for the guy's yeah. head. I think yeah. that's just a cool name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I also saw a video of someone who's reading a letter, and it was from this lady who had been dating this guy for six years. Uh, they were both adopted, and they found out that uh, that's actually what brought them together. Like, they uh, found out they're both adopted and started hanging out and then started dating, lived together and everything. And she took a 23andMe test or whatever, I found out that her boyfriend is like her brother, like full biological brother. As far as I, I think the story is true, but you know, it's on the internet, but who knows? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But she was just like, yeah, like full on, not even like a half or something. Full brother. And maybe that's why they got along so well. Who knows? But <laughs> reliving that. Could you imagine like six years, six years? No, no, no. Couldn't imagine. What do you do? Love your life, brother. They're like, oh, we weren't planning on having any kids, and we're not going to. Yeah. What do you? What do you do? Oh gosh, I, yeah. Don't even know where to. Don't even know where to go with that. That's why I'm against adoption. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> That's a joke. A joke. <laughs> you need to start showing up for your own jokes, right? Yeah, I need to show up. Yeah, where's where's my where where am I? Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. oh that's only for the good ones. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Like the real cheesy punny ones that are just like that's a that's a good joke. And it all about comedic timing. All about all comedic of, timing. All about comedic timing. Which um, is why you usually can't retell jokes, right? Like yeah. the comedic timing of you know of kind of the presence to it is is very important very important yeah. Yeah. Uh, unless you're telling people that have a really good sense of humor 
and you can build it up quite well. And then it's still not as funny. Yeah, yeah. But it's. What, should, thinking about humor, should we get into our uh, Bible verse today? Yes. <laughs> Talking about fav- favoriting the funny people in church. That that's the one. Yeah, the humorous. The humorous are the holiest. Because spirituality is and seriousness is tied together. You can't have fun and be living the kingdom life, or that's it. you know living a Christian life. That's why we get all quiet when we're in church and can't make jokes. And maybe the pastor will do a, a, a little joke, but that's mostly so you like a sermon or give more to tithe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, make sure the jokes come before the offering goes yeah. around. And it's got to be a Christian joke. Oh, is there any other ones, Derek? Is there any other ones? Not, not good ones. <laughs> like, like I preach not this, a couple Sundays ago, and I started off with a joke, and I said, a priest, a minister, and a rabbit walk into a blood bank. And the rabbit goes, I think I'm typo. And I thought it was funny. Rabbit, rabbi, blood bank, typo, typo. And one guy in the congregation gives me one of these. No. <laughs> Steven got a couple of chuckles. I got one of these. Amazing. I was like, Randall, yeah. it's yeah, funny. Yeah. You're going to laugh on the way home. <laughs> I got more laughs about the, I don't know if I believe in Bigfoot, but I like to think he believes in me. Oh, yeah. I got a, quite a few laughs for <laughs> This is the thing, though, is like now, now that you guys have a, have a new pastor, you know, they're, they're feeling more confident to. Uh, yeah. to <laughs> they don't have to worry about me leaving. Yeah, yeah. Like, we could we could take him or leave him. I mean, it'd be good if he stayed, but if we lost him. I've been waiting for two years to tell you what I think of your jokes. Yeah. <laughs> You're not funny. It's like the last day on a job, right? Like, you, you gave yes. me two weeks last day. Oh, by the way, this place sucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're a terrible boss. <laughs> Oh man. Anyway. And, uh the royal rule of love. There you go. Yeah, so we've got um uh James 2 1 to 9 in the um in the new revised standard version but also 1 to 11 apparently get is gets grouped a little bit differently in the message. So I'll read from the message today but we thought um particularly in the kind of couple uh, moments of silence afterwards if you want to kind of read through or or just kind of compare uh, how different places um, um, translate and 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 express the kind of the thoughts of scripture, kind of part of what we've talked about many times. We thought we'd put it up in in two pass or two versions today and and see uh, what if anything that that kind of adds to the conversation. So um, yeah, we're in James two today, and this is the royal rule of love from the Message translation. My dear friends. Do not let public opinion influence how you live out our glorious Christ-originated faith. If a man enters your church wearing an expensive suit and a street person wearing rags comes in right after him, and you say to the man in the suit, sit here, sir, this is the best seat in the house, and either ignore the street person or say, better sit here in the back row. Haven't you segregated God's children and proved that you are judges who can't be trusted? 
Listen, dear friends, isn't it clear by now that God operates quite differently? He, cho he chose the worlds down and out as the kingdom's first citizens with full rights and privileges. This kingdom is promised to anyone who loves God. And here you are abusing these same citizens. Isn't it the high and mighty who exploit you, who use the courts to rob you blind? Aren't they the ones who scorn the new name Christian used in your baptisms? You do well when you complete the royal rule of the scriptures. Love others as you love yourself. But if you play up to these so-called important people, you go against the rule and stand convicted by it. You can't pick and choose in these things, specializing in who in keeping one or two things in God's law and ignoring the others. The same God who said, don't commit adultery, also said, don't murder. If you don't commit adultery, but go ahead and murder, do you think your non-adultery will cancel out your murder? No, you're a murderer, period. Well, that was, uh, you know, just night, nice and light from. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good Thursday morning. Not, 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 much, not much to say about it. Not much yeah. to say about it. I don't know when this is going out, so it may not be Thursday morning when you're looking at this. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You are a murderer. Period. <laughs> murderer, you with these jokes. I, I was. I uh, died laughing. Yeah, I. I you know, we we do different variations of of how we approach this text, and uh, for, for for readers, a little behind the scenes, this is one that we kind of just went to uh, immediately before we started recording. So I hadn't even read through the whole text before, and uh, it kind of it, it hits you, doesn't it? Like yeah, it's, it you know, no punches being pulled here. Yeah, well, it's just like it's. The natural tendency is to, you know, kind of promote or give special cadence to the wealthy in, in your church because they seem either more put together, like, oh, their life is put together, they're going to be more steady shall we say they can give more to the church um people aren't too offended if they sit by them because smell or whatever right mm. um but this is a pretty big slap in the face to mm. us who do that and i'm talking mm. to myself as well mm. um mm. that what is what is our priority here mm. like i <laughs> I'm thinking now of a story of uh, a person I, I grew up with who hasn't been in church for a long time. Okay. And he went out drinking Saturday night. And then after not being in church for years, like four mm. or five years or something, went out drinking. And then Sunday morning, he shows up to church. And I wasn't there. I think it was at Bible school or um, living in Saskatchewan or something. 
But someone was telling me that someone went up to him and was like, you smell like alcohol, you need to go home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like, this guy hasn't been in church. Like, he grew up in the church. He hasn't been there in four, mm-hmm. five years. He shows up and that's that's what you say to him? Like, that's the, mm-hmm. that's the thing? You, mm-hmm. you smell bad? Yeah. You yeah. smell like alcohol, you need to go home? Like, why? Mm-hmm. Instead of rejoicing that the guys come back to church even for mm. one Sunday because that's where he feels safe or that's where mm. he's or he felt convicted enough and he's like I need to get back into this like this spirit's somehow working in him to mm. bring him back to church that's the thing mm. and then we see you know let's say a homeless person comes here and our first thought is well how can we clean them up or how can we put them to the side so they're not too distracting to other uh, individuals in the church with smell or sight or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's our first thought is how can we kind of put them aside instead of, wow, I'm very happy that the spirit somehow has brought this image bearer mm-hmm. to the church service that he feels mm-hmm. safe enough to come here. Mm-hmm. But that's, very rarely, if at all, our first thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right, and I, I think it, it, it's interesting, obviously, that that what the author of James does here is, is, um, you know, puts it with that, you know, famous saying of "love others as you love yourself," mm-hmm. um, and and you think, as you say you know those moments where we you know when uh, where others kind of judge or treat us in such a way based upon kind of how we look or smell or whatever it might be you know that kind of sense of where people you know it's often people who have been kind of well treated in times where kind of culturally they otherwise wouldn't be that then they tend to be kind of quite generous people who often say things like, you know, I I remember when I was like that and somebody showed me kindness or, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and and it's a strange thing. Like even I love those kind of verses five to seven where, you know, he's talking about, um, uh, yeah. like What's that? I was going to say God operates quite differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that absolutely true. But and that thing about like, you know, here you are abusing, isn't it the high and mighty who exploit you? Yeah. Who use the courts to rob you blind. Aren't you the ones who, aren't they the ones who scorn the new name Christian used in your baptisms? Mm-hmm. And I was like, gosh, that's, that's really interesting. Like, I know we've had a conversations. I know there's lots of conversations about like, you know, <laughs> where, is there such a is there such a thing as kind of christian nationalism yeah. um or is there is there a good thing called christian nationalism yeah. um and that kind of question about you know can you actually be something and a christian as primary vocation but i think you know the author here is, is really is really kind of pushing us to ask those questions about kind of which which are the systems and structures in which we we kind of attend to and bow down to first yeah. um, and, and don't even sometimes recognize when those are the very things that are standing against something that does sound, you know, primary or of, or of kind of supreme importance to us, such as our, you know, our faith and our baptism. And, 
I was listening to a podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago and I, I can't remember who it was. I'll try to remember who the, who the um, people doing the interviews were, but they, they were talking about um, decolonializing or, or uh, yeah, decolonializing um, uh, Christianity. And he was saying, it's really interesting that like at the heart of Christianity, we we've picked the great commission as as our kind of tagline of faith right go out into all the world making disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father son and holy spirit and teaching them i guess and teaching them all the things that that i have taught you but he, he said like the the imperative behind that is what colonialism was which is that you go out and you make people like you He's like, but we haven't held the tagline of, you know, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who persecute you, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, it's really interesting that you, like, we don't even recognize that actually, even while picking, you know, good things from scripture, we we pick ones that fit a certain ideology and worldview that we have. And I think, like, it just reminded me of this, this here as we were reading, where, like, actually the things that we show preference to the places where we show um you know where we invest our kind of time and our energy and our efforts and the people who we show more value for than others actually speaks to to a worldview speaks to a kingdom speaks to an orientation that pro that very often will be counter to that one that god is calling us to and and as you say we're it's not just outside in the world where you you know, too busy trying to get to a meeting so you don't stop and talk to a homeless person or, you know, too busy judging somebody for an addiction you assume they have so you don't offer to buy them any food. Samaritan. <laughs> yeah. But but it's also in the church where, you know, as you were here, you're saying, you know, the, those who come to you, yeah. you know, the, the church is meant to be a, a place uh, of where we all come in the exact same, right? Like yeah. um, where like, people are meant to be able to recognize that or are meant to be able to experience something that they can't in the rest of the world, which is their kind of value, their importance, their belovedness, but also to that, that they then also have something to contribute to the, the community that they're a part of. Mm -hmm. And I think the difficulty is with, with people who have a place of power or position or, you know, or those who come in with wealth, you know, are used to walking in and calling the shots, you know, shaping something in the way that they'd like it or, or having, you know, things done in a way that they want them done. And, and it's hard then to imagine that actually the kingdom of God is something where somebody might come in with, with a lesser position than you and who might actually be a part of shaping the community that you say you're a part of. And then you have to f do that hard work of, are you going to, you know, should I stay or should I go? Right. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm reminded of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. sermon. I can't remember which one it was, but he kind of hits, I think it was the drum major instinct about our desire to be front and center. Um, but he was talking about, Get pretty much this, giving preference to people in the church. And he was like, I'm not saying doctors and teachers and lawyers and stuff shouldn't be a church. Absolutely. If they need, they need the church and the church exam. But the church is the one place where the doctor for, should forget he's a doctor. The teacher should forget she's a teacher and the lawyer should mm -hmm. forget he's a lawyer, right? Mm -hmm. That's that everyone is common. Everyone's the same. 
And when we were doing our VBS program and I was looking for volunteers, um, I did announcements for the church and I was like, you know, we say we want to be involved in our community and reaching our community. And we literally have 30 kids from our community coming to VBS. Like they're coming to us. We don't even have to go out. Mm. They're coming to us. All we have to do is show up. Mm. Are you willing to show up? Like it's the bare minimum of what we have to do. Um, so it's quite, and like this, like the if a homeless person shows up, it's the, they're literally coming to the church. Mm. You want to be involved in the community. They're coming. The community is coming mm. to you. Do you have eyes to see what is happening? Mm. Or are you blinded by your own prejudices? Mm. I guess. Sometimes too, yeah, like, and I think too, like there, there's a real practical sense which sometimes overrides some of that too, which is, you know, we, we know it costs money to keep our churches open mm-hmm. for people, whether they can pay for it or not. And and so then there's like this attention to the people who can kind of afford to keep the churches open. Yeah. And you kind of, you know, and, but I would say then then we're catering to them, right? Like, it's not like if we have a homeless people come, then we're going to lose a rich person. And if we do, then it's, it's, it's not addition. It's not subtraction by addition or, or whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. it. It's, it should be more coming. Like, the rich yeah. person and the poor person should yeah. both be there together. And if the rich person leaves, mm. then they're not really following your kingdom values in your church mm. anyway. Yeah. And, and if they're not following the kingdom values and they're not staying with that person, there's some kind of thing going on. Mm. Then they're not there to be part of the church. They're there to control the church. Mm. And you have a different kind of issue there. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Derek's going to be doing a class on ecclesiology. Yeah. 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 Well, like, like, like what, what you were saying with the, um, you know, some things we do really well um, and some things we don't, that's the bottom of the, the message first was the, you know, if you say you don't commit adultery or you haven't murdered, you commit adultery, but you haven't murdered, does the non-adultery cancel the, the yeah. murder? Well, if you say, you know, we do yeah. our worship really good, but we don't accept the homeless, does mm-hmm. the really good worship cancel out the not accepting the homeless? Mm-hmm. Or we have really good kids program, well, does the really good kids program cancel out the mm-hmm. not reaching the homeless in the, in the neighborhood? Mm-hmm. Is there a limited amount of things that the church can be good at and you just pick the top five things mm. and the other stuff goes? And I'm not saying, like, there's, the church can only do so much. I mm. I would think, like, we, we've both seen pastors and churches that have spread themselves too thin, mm. um, that burnout yeah. and yeah. that. But you don't neglect one for for the other, or you don't shut one off to do the other one you can emphasize in certain things yeah we have a great children's program but we also have homeless coming in or we're open to it or whatever yeah it may be. yeah yeah but the, i know i think that 
you know that i think i think that's that's the thing i you know it feels so you know so black and white in scripture and yet so fuzzy in my actual life is like the the kind of the call is to love right like and 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 i'm like yeah i totally get it like and and love is is messy love is inconvenient love is often not successful even when you're trying to do it well um and yet and yet as you say like the the kind of the quantifiable metrics or the you know yeah seeking those things that are that we can say oh you know i'm good at this or you know we've we've done this well so that then we have you know an outreach and a capacity to then do something else and and i just the the kind of the the living out of that is the thing it feels like is always kind of the struggle and yet and yet you know, both by Jesus as well as by other authors in scripture, it seemed they, they seem to, you know, we, we say, oh, there was a simpler world back then, you know, so they didn't have as much to, to worry about, or they don't kind of understand the fullness of what it is in this kind of, you know, Western modern, um, you know, pressurized living. But like, uh, you know, the scripture to, seems to seems to be okay with the fact that like, actually the, the underpinning, challenge and call is actually meant to be very simple in that it is back and white and it is clear we're meant to love people and and draw them into the opportunity to get to know the god who created them loves them sustains them redeems them forgives them you know is gracious to them and and yet we seem to do a lot of stuff that that seems to get in the way of of actually living out that that simplicity, you know, like I spent a lot of time, you know, doing administrative things and making sure I've got, you know, the church open for certain activities or whatever. And, and, and then, and then I realized that I'm not seeing many people and I'm not connecting with people. I'm not. And, and I'm like, Oh, it's just cause I don't have enough people helping me with, you know, project a. So as soon as project a gets up and running and more people get involved in it, then all of a sudden they can take care of it. And I don't have to, but then there needs to be a project B, which, you know, project a can then, you know, the and, and you're just like, and by the end of it, I'm like, I spend less time with people. I spend less opportunities. I feel like being loved as well as sharing love and, and, and doing that actually comparison of like, as you say, it's like, well, I, you know, this hasn't been done very well, or this may not have been the best thing, but at least I've done this thing good. So maybe that good can counsel out that bad. And then, uh, yeah. you know, someday along the way, and you know, I, I just, yeah. Well, that, I, yeah, like right now, because of the book and that group, men's group, I'm, I'm part of in the morning, I'm dealing with the idea of focusing on our relationships within the church, like um, the loving one another, uh, being together, um, living out kingdom principles within the congregation and that being, and doing that well enough and deep enough that it becomes attractive to those outside. And when they come, Mm -hmm. they feel something different Mm-hmm. And doing that as a way of evangelism, where mm-hmm. um, is that? Because even in the Bible, when it talks about you know, love, love one another, and that most of the verses are about uh, 
brothers and sisters in the faith, mm. like love one another, mm. um, and and doing that w- well enough um, that that becomes the basis, and then I think all the other things come out of that, like mm. um, even the programs and um, the way we treat people and the way we interact with the community and stuff. I think comes naturally out of that. So we're not focusing on a program or a aspect of the church that we are quite good at. We just do, we just focus on um, how we interact. And then that becomes that. And I'm just, I'm Mm. I'm all around with that. I'm not sure if Mm. I'm totally there um, Mm. because there's some, um, things that it bumps up against the things the long-held truths i've yeah. uh, i've held to mm. um but there is something i think there where um you know you don't focus so much on the external things that the church mm. is doing but internally mm. and then out of that you get that right and then out of that yeah, um, yeah. like how do we even disagree how do we mm. How do we live in a community? How do we love each other deeper than we would necessarily show the community? Because I think mm. you get burnt out if if you loved everyone um, mm. the way that we're called to love each other. Where you know, um, it, anyway, it's a it's an interesting idea that, that I'm working through, and yeah, yeah. just now talking about it and how we treat people and mm. the different things we do. I'm wondering if that lines up with that. Mm. Mm. what it, it is yeah because I, I think it you know it's interesting like, there was a couple of things that went through my mind when you're saying that and you know i think the, kind of the first one is, is that idea that you know I, I, like the whole thing that that church is so program oriented mm-hmm. you know is something that actually you know, it seems actually kind of quite counter to, you know, even kind of a Jewish understanding of spirituality, you know, like they continue to, to operate much more in in feasts and festivals through relationship, through discussion, through storytelling, you know, through sharing of meat, like sharing of meals is something that, you know, over 2000 years, they haven't lost, even though we have. And, And instead, we we've, you know, we we've, you know, everything is, it just feels program oriented. And then we try to find these moments of, as you say, like, you know, humanity and relationship, but it's like, you know, how, how difficult are the conversations that, that you can actually tackle or um, that you need to engage with when a lot of people only see each other for an hour once every week every two weeks maybe even more than that and that our time isn't just an intense conversation or relationship that's you know the the attention is is focused elsewhere Mm -hmm. um and so so like the depth of what you can do and the contact you know the kind of the contact time that you have is very you know is, is very constrained um and continues to be about that kind of central program as it were and i think you know controversially con- you know even in my own mind it's like you know does does that matter as much to god like does does god care and need that need that worship from us so desperately every week that actually 
God may not wish that we would spend more time making time for each other with each other in mm-hmm. God's presence. Right. Like, and, mm-hmm. um, cause it was, I was, I met with the, this guy's meeting me one-to-one and, and just helping me do some kind of discernment and reflection. And I've got a, a person in a role in our church and, and I just finding like for very legitimate reasons, he, he can't fully commit to the role in the way that he once did, but it's, it's leaving a lot of things in the lurch, but there's nobody else to kind of step up to even do it, you know, poorly, let alone, you know, do. And, and so, and I was just saying, I was just expressing some of my frustrations with this and, uh, you know, kind of trying to say, you know, these are some of the things I've tried, I've been thinking about, I don't know how they work. And, and and the guy just said to me, he's like, he's like, you got two things obviously going on here. He's like, the first thing is, is you know, the some that that's obviously on the surface, which is just that you, you know, you f- you feel the kind of his kind of position, his role in the institution or structure of your church, and the question about like, you know, how do you push that? Is that actually something that can change and develop? And and if not, then how do you move forward? And he's like, but the second thing about that is like, you know, is also about you know what's your concern for his discipleship in the midst of this? And are those two related or can they be separate? Is that even actually a question that you've asked yourself? And I was just like, yeah, no. it's really, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. My five, you know, I'll, at the end of this month, I'll have been here for five months, five years. Yeah. And like that question about kind of people's discipleship and, and their kind of journey of faith has always been so kind of second you know tertiary like it, it's been so far down the right line because the kind of the primary things that keep coming up is all about kind of institution role and structure which aren't which aren't bad things but but then it's like you know does this person actually believe that i care about their journey of faith mm-hmm. and their relationship with god or do they just think that i think that they matter if they're doing this job well or not. Um, mm-hmm. And as, yeah, as you were saying that, those are kind of a couple well, things. Yeah, I think originally programs, their idea was to get people in the door and then they would see the community that's built inside and decide to join, right? right? Like you get them to come to enough programs. Mm-hmm. They don't have to commit very much. And then eventually they come enough that they join. And, mm-hmm. but the church, I think has tilted now towards the programs are the community. Mm. And so when they start coming to programs, there's nothing deeper. Like if you want to be part of the community, you have to go to all the programs instead of the programs being a funnel to the mm. community, the, the deeperness of it. And it makes me think of, I think it was Peter Rawlings uh, who was talking about their church and, um, you know, people, uh, getting saved, uh, that it wasn't just a, a prayer or something they did. They actually came, were part of the community for at least six months or something, right? And then and then they can make the decision, mm, yeah. do they want to be part of this or not? Like, it wasn't just mm-hmm. a quick thing. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a live this out, be part of yeah. this community, and then decide. Yeah. And I wonder if maybe with the community aspect, we need to get back to something like that where it's you know you're you're joining i keep doing this a lot but you're joining you're you're being part of the community for a while and then mm-hmm. then you decide if this is something mm-hmm. that you're that you can invest in mm-hmm. um because being part of the community at this church uh mm-hmm. is 
um, time consuming. You, you get a lot out of it, but it's going to take mm. a lot of your love and your time and your, mm. your service to care and love mm. and, um, you know, um, lift up and walk with people on a very deep level. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's okay if you want to be on the fringes on, on the outside, mm. but if you want to be a member of this community, um, it's, it's something different than you've ever seen before. And I just mm. don't think that we have that different than people have seen before. It's, mm. I can do, I can have the same sense of community uh, with a sports team, like if mm. I play softball or hockey or fire department or whatever that I have a church, maybe we might mm. sing more, pray more and do Bible studies more, but the deepness is mm. Mm. like maybe I'd contact them about moving before the church or mm. a need to contact them before the church. And I think that's the opposite of what it should be. Mm. Anyway, mm. Mm, well, that sounds, sounds like a good uh, a good question and kind of reflection about uh, mm. you know where where are we what you know what what does that community kind of reflect in both the relationships and uh, you know in the invitation and what uh, what might it what it might what might or could it look like differently in the future so we'll leave you leave you with those and uh, it's been good to be back with you murderers and uh, adulterers yeah. and, uh, yeah. and also if you had a low-key superhero or a superpower yes uh, second tier what would that be i'm gonna i'm gonna have to think about that one i'm yeah. gonna think about that one you think about it we'll get back to it next week sounds good okay i remember we get to work yeah. so nice to see you guys. take care Love you all. bye toodles